0: Hello, namaste. I welcome you all to the 50th session of Guru Bodha with Dr. M. V. Guru Rajah, sir and Dr. Raghuram sir. I am the convener, Dr. Janardhanavi Hebar, founder of I dedicate this and all of my works in the holy feet of Dr. A. Starting uh, with the questions, there is a lot of uh, confusion with respect to honey, whether it is Pushna or whether it is Shita however whether it is anushna Sheta, and also the newly collected honey uh, sort of behaves a little bit differently than old honey and there is a famous Shanghara reference that honey is also good to use beyond one year yojani uh, in that sloka so professor can you please uh, decipher various utility of honey whether it is hot or cold or uh, in potency or uh, and
1: also uh, new versus old which one to use where please sir. see when we look into the our samitas and granthas and nigantus we will find uh, different uh, kinds of uh, honey has been mentioned with uh, different names as well but all of those uh, which are uh, samita may not be available in present context presently we can classify the available honey based on the type of honeybees and of course even the quality of the honey varies according to the source from where these honey bees are collecting the honey so if it is from the rubber plantation or it is from the valley where flange of flower. so based on that from where the sources it is collecting <clears throat> the color consistency and their taste also varies in this fashion. So, first of all, we need to know that all honey, it may be Nava or Purana, I mean an mean old one or a new one, all honey is, is comparatively Ruksha. Of course, it is Kashaya Madhura in Rasa, and in Vipaka, it is comparatively Katu. Because of that Katu Vipaka and Kashaya Rasa predominancy, it is also indicated or expected to use in. Prameha also in some of the contexts, acharyas have given references in the court where we can use it. But the issue is getting this honey in a very pure form. When we depend on market, many times there may be some admixtures or it may be some contaminations. Otherwise, if we know the beekeepers, from them we are collecting the honey, means it will be comparatively better one. But uh, honey which is uh, freshly collected is also ruksha. but when compared to the honey which is a one year old or six months old or two years old or five years old it will be more ruksha than the fresh one so in order to reduce weight or something like that for that intention if you are using the honey then it is better to use honey which is older one Daily requirement or just for the sake of a food ingredient, if you want to take it, then it is a fresh and is good enough. And honey is used in a multiple ways. Honey is the best Anupana. It's an, a good vehicle to carry many of our uh, materials. I mean, uh, drugs, churnas and even rasooshadis. Very deep into the tissues and very easily takes it into the circulatory system. Because this honey is already a somewhat a pre-digested material. So it very easily absorbs from the body. Second thing, the honey is also very good to skin as well as the ulcers. Wherever there is a wound or ulcer, applying honey will definitely make it heal fast. And honey definitely acts against as kapha. It reduces the mala of kapha as well as it also helps in removal of mala kapha from the shrotas and of course it is a very good uh, rejuvenative, also to some extent in the beginning because of its uh, anurasa is a madura but generally it is drying in nature this honey may be of old one or a new one on longer usage it will definitely going to reduce the body bulk question to Raghuram sir in
0: the context of uh, honey being heated only in vamana procedure only in the basti it is used because it is getting eliminated otherwise heating of honey is uh, contraindicated uh, Can can
2: please explain regarding that coming to the vamana karma so when we see uh, when the honey is used there uh, see we need to see why uh, why and how we are using honey and how long uh, it stays in the body so like uh, if it is given as vehicle or anupana or sahapana as uh, sir was telling so it is used to convey like a vehicle it is used to convey the medicine and the medicinal properties to different tissues or the target areas where the medicine needs to act so the honey acts in that way so when we come to vamana karma so in emesis uh, when we are seeing therapeutic emesis it is short stayed in the body so whenever the madhu stays for a short duration in the body there the Ushna Samskara, though it is a Samskara Viruddha, so like uh, heating the honey is contraindicated in the text. Many people have been using it, uh, but uh, uh, even with the hot things like hot stuffs, with hot milk they are mixing and taking. We don't get too many complaints about that, but direct heating of uh, honey, I don't think anybody does that. So as it is said in Ayurveda, probably we also need to see as a habit. So whenever Ayurveda has mentioned certain things, it is as a habit as a habit it should not be done okay we can find similar things uh, similar such references in uh, panchakarma indications like vamana indications virajana indications snehana indications swedana indications and contraindications also there are certain things which will put a panchakarma practitioner or an ayurvedic practitioner into total confusion where The Acharya mentions that uh, the Sneha should not be given in a particular condition or Vamana should not be given in a particular condition, but when we get to to the indication of something else, that will be mentioned there. So like uh, what to do, whether to administer there or should not administer, we should think over the process there. So here, wherever Sneha is contraindicated, like wherever Vamana is contraindicated, we need to think in a perspective that only Vamana should not be given. Like whenever Sneha is contraindicated, we should think that only Sneha is not is contraindicated. Like after Snehana, when you are proceeding with the Svedana and then Vamana or virechana or whatever therapy, it can be given, it is permissible. So here, for indications and contraindications, the conditions apply. When Svedana is contraindicated for somebody, sedation or fomentation or any heat procedure, Acharya's want to tell that only Svedana is contraindicated. But if you are giving snehana and then swedana, it is okay. It is indicated. So conditions apply. We need to understand the conditions and the perspective and how why the Acharya has explained. Coming back to the honey, uh, without wasting much time, honey, since in vamana or other therapies it is short stayed in the system, so it goes as a heat process. It is a part of the heat process. The medicine is heated and given. So the their madhu is uh, a part of the heat process and There, the role of honey is not to make any medicine reach the system or reach the tissues or do something. Here it is given for therapeutic cleansing. And along with that, see, what. still we will go into the depth of this particular issue. So whenever Acharya has contraindicated uh, Madhu should not be heated, what exactly does it mean? So it becomes a type of toxin inside. Isn't it? So Vamanopaga and all those things, whatever we are giving, the medicines we are giving before administration of Vamana, they're also irritants only. They're just meant to uh, create an environment in the stomach wherein uh, it creates an ideal environment to flush the things out. So here, uh, heating the honey for a shorter duration or the Madhu and Guruta mixing them in equal proportions may act like an antigen in the body, which will help in provoking the antibodies. So that also we should be uh, looking at, but in the therapies as as far as we are seeing, the heating process is for a short duration, the contact of the heated uh, uh, honey inside the system is for a short duration and it is a part of the formulation, we should say it is a part of the woman of formulation, entire formulation and we are not giving just honey or heated honey or boiled honey, we are not giving, it is a part, it is a small part, like in a formulation, Pipali is a small part of Panchakola, just like honey is a small part of the Dravya. So here it is a small part, It has, it is involved in the heat process, but a small part of heat it takes and it uh, lives in the system or in the stomach for a short duration, after that along with the Dravya, it is eliminated. So uh, no harm uh, intended there and no harm is caused by honey in this particular process. So we need to see the significance of uh, uh, the mention of uh, the heated or not heated uh, Madhu or anything what we are taking and in what uh, uh, situation, what perspective it has been said and uh, therapeutically, uh, does it carry a value or not? So when we deeply analyze everything, I think has a logic. Here. Thank you, Dr. Raghavan.
0: All the things honey is told as primary remedy for Kapha dosha as similar to sesame oil for Vata dosha and Ghee, kaugi for uh, Pitta dosha. Uh, but in the Bhava prakasha madhuvarga there he explains navam madhu bhaved na sleshma haram saram puranam grahakam ruksham medognam so from your previous description it is clear that still the honey is ruksha and it does sleshma hara or it does anti kafa effect but compared to only
1: the older one probably not so much right sir yes older one is more ruksha and it is more meduhara and ati lekhana property is attributed to the purana madhu whereas nava madhu is little bit of moisture content maybe it's a combination or maybe the particles are not settled down, something like that but it is an observation from the acharyas that it is also shleshmara but when compared to the old one it is not so much that we need to understand but very difficult to get in the market knowing that whether it is a old honey or a new honey nobody will put a you know label while labeling on this one that is collected on so and so date and manufacturing and uh, bottled on so and so date no nothing so as a mandatory part of it we may have some manufacturing date but we don't know exactly the same date they are collected, they are it they are purified, it or packed it we, we need to believe them that's all so when we are collecting it personally through a honey bee keeper then it will be chances of that we are getting very clearly the new or the nava madhu when compared to purana madhu the nava madhu is not slow hara. it will be comparatively having a little bit of maybe a concept of aroma. you can take it as moisture will be more something like that just like in case of um, nava pipali and purana pipali are the fresh one and the dry one the similar type of things are there and regarding the heating of honey honey Acharya's are very clear in telling that why this should not be done. If you heat any and consume it, what will happen? Instantly nothing may happen. Or some people may get a severe adverse reactions. But if you make it a habit of consuming these things for a long duration, definitely it is going to disturb your, maybe genetic levels, or maybe even it's going to disturb your, the gene and chromosomes level, maybe, I don't know exactly. But definitely it may reach out to be some autoimmune disorder or something like that it may disturb in various levels that's a very clear uh, what our acharya has said certain things should be taken as it is that's the reason we have one of the important source of knowing the knowledge is from apthopadesha whenever Apta says it it is our duty to just to follow it uh, i still remember one of my gurus in jaipur when i used to doing my md during those days when we used to say that we are research scholars he used to scold us what research you are going to do, bloody idiots? You are just simply, you are just follow the things which is told by Acharya's. That's enough. That's more than enough. You try to understand first those things, then you do research. You are not able to the capacity or ability to do the research of what Acharya's have said. Your just ability is to just to grab what Acharya said, that is more than enough. He used to scold us. And really, I find many times it is true. Because whatever our Acharya's have said and done, it is so vast. And so, minute observation was there. Definitely, we need a lot of time to understand that. As the program said, uh, that heating uh, and giving uh, the madhu in case of Vamana, or even for the basti karma, and all those things, where the dravya needs to come back out once again, along with the doshas, it won't stay for more uh, time in the body. So that may not be causing any problem. Whereas, when we are using it for anupana purpose, where our need to give the medicine to carry to the particular tissues or target tissues. We need to take that help and of course our acharya is very clear in that don't heat it so don't do it and even usually i suggest even to my patient that not to mix it even with hot water why you want to make unnecessary things you want to experiment with yourself when acharya said don't do it don't do it you can take it as it is the room temperature whatever the honey is
2: that absolutely absolutely i what uh what guru has said Even my my teachers, I had very few teachers, uh, but whoever there, they used to tell, research is not at all needed in Ayurveda, there are time-tested formulations, uh, uh, those things. And one more thing I want to focus is, uh, even I said and Guru Rajasar also said that, so that is very true, as a habit we need to see, always that word is very important, habit. When we regularly take uh, heated honey or uh, add honey to hot water or hot beverages or something and keep on taking that. So probably some people have a habit of uh, preparing hot lemon tea or some herbal tea and adding uh, honey to that. So this is a brave experiment, a courageous experiment, which can put them into some problems. So they are not looking at it from the Ayurvedic perspective, but they may have some problem later, but they may not be able to correlate it to the uh, Madhu, which has been heated or used with the heated substance. So a regular habit, anything contraindicated in Ayurveda is as a a matter of regular practice, we should not be doing it. Once we practice it for a regular time, definitely its bad effects uh, will be seen and when we come to research Ayurvedic Acharyas, the aptas, aptopadeshas are the best products of the research already and uh, not uh, just challenge those uh, uh, statements or whatever they have said. Why to take unnecessary risk and do some challenging and also some courageous activity. This is only Atisahasa, so it it goes into the Mithya Yoga, so where uh, our intellectual blasphemy, we call it as uh, our Prajnaparada uh knowingly we do certain things which will put us uh, in a position of harm so probably many people will not be correlating uh, what is the nidana for so many problems we cannot track down the nidana so a constant practice of things like this may put us into a position of danger may not be immediately it again depends on how our immune system is fighting against that uh, those antigens or the bad combinations as uh, acharya has explained uh, many types of Viruddha this is also one type of uh, Viruddha. So maybe our interiors may be trying to tackle that situation or something which is not uh, needed for the system for a pretty long time. But when they are tired, they give up. When they give up, our body will definitely suffer. Uh, so this we need to see from a, a longer perspective in the long run. The
0: point that you mentioned, uh, Dr. Raghuramji, was that for a disease, if woman is not uh, advised, this Virachana is advice. So, doing Vamana as Purva Karma for Virachana is, is okay.
2: Absolutely. See, when Vamana is contraindicated, Acharya is trying to tell just to don't give Vamaka to that person. If you have given Snehana and Svedhana before that, it is okay. We have to see the pre-context and also the post-context. So, that is the beauty of Ayurvedic chapters also. See, in Charaka or uh, uh, even Madhavanidana, say for example, uh, in any text we see, a previous chapter is connected to the next chapter and that chapter is connected to the next chapter. So like a pre-context and the post-context, there is a very clear explanation by the Tika Karas why this chapter has been explained after this particular chapter. So similar logic uh, applies here also if virachana is contraindicated that means to tell that only virachana please don't give a direct virachana to that particular person try to see logically which type of virachana fits in and if you are going with snehana and swedana as pre-procedures it is well and good you can go ahead but this rule also is not applicable to all the conditions like uh for example giving uh, a virachana in intestinal perforation it is not conditional it is a rule don't give Virechana when the person is having intestinal perforation or some surgical condition or some shellia deep inside the body so for some conditions definitely it is applicable contraindications for some conditions we need to see if pre-context is applicable there and coming to one more point to add with madhu uh dr ishwaredi so we call uh, one word used by uh, gurajasar also that it is nutritive and also supportive honey uh, in some conditions we need to see the source of honey very importantly Dr. reassured sir was very much uh, uh, into uh, that is uh, the expertise into the water vadis uh, and also the skin disorders. So they used to tell there is no skin disease which uh, uh, Ishwari disorder cannot treat, and water uh, vadis, especially, especially coming to water vadis and some selective conditions. He used to prescribe Madhudaka, Madhudaka, so that is the honey water where equal post equal quantity of Madhu and uh, water are mixed together, especially in water, water vikaras. When Dr. Heber also raised a question. Uh, like uh, honey is uh, used for kafahara properties. Guru sir also uh, made a clear demarcation between the new and the old types of uh, honey and different types of honey acting on the doshas. Here, uh, Dr. Shoreadi Sir had made it a popular concept. Like in the inpatients, he used to definitely, in the prescription, in the case, there used to be Madhudaka. In most of the cases of Vata especially the Pakshagata cases, that is the hemiplegia and other cases, and also the facial paralysis cases. So, in Majority of conditions he used to write Madhudaka should be given once in a day even if the patient cannot take it is to be Fed through the tube. So he was telling that also acts like a not only the medicine, but also as a soft food It also acts like a diet Madhudaka. So where honey and uh, Water are mixed in equal uh, proportions if uh, Guru Rajasar wants to throw some light on this uh, I would request him. Thank
0: you To add one more question like hot water honey has become like a fire and lemon hot water and honey has also become like a fad like modern diet gurus prescribe that. So uh, of course we know that that is not so very much true. But the co- so question to Guru sir is that can honey, uh, cold water and honey can it be mixed with lemon to add a
1: little bit of more anti-obesity effect? Definitely, if honey at room temperature with a uh, room temperature water and if you want to mix uh, lemon juice to that There'll be no harm and of course it is good but provided only those persons who are not having any issues in the stomach those who are having hyperacidity and gastric irritation or gastric erosion or ulcer such type of patients you should not even those who are having gerd should not use this combination as such it may go into give a trouble to them at later stages and i one more point i need to add here is See when Acharya's have very clearly said heating a honey becomes a Viruddha it should not be done and it is apathya very clearly when it is said Viruddha Aharas what is a Viruddha? many times people ask sir you say that it is a Viruddha we have consumed it nothing happened definitely when you are young your Agni is very strong and you have a natural Bala in you nothing will happen but if you make it a practice of these Viruddha Aharas on a longer run your body also loses the strength and one fine day, you will not be knowing that when your immune system has just uh, said, no, I can't, then you'll have all sort of troubles in you. So that's the reason, Virudha should be avoided. So that we need to understand that why that honey should not be heated and it should be used, It should be not be used in that fashion. So it is better use honey in normal room temperature water or simple cold water, nothing will happen. Dr. Silpaji, please go ahead, with your point?
3: Also, Actually, when uh, I was doing my PGE thesis in Udupi SDM, I was doing the animal study. So during that period, I could uh, evidence many of the studies which were going on about viruddha-hara. Uh, among that, equal quantity of honey and gruta uh, is considered, that is, ghee and honey is considered as viruddha, which was also being carried out during that period. So, I could evidence that uh, there were certain biochemical changes and also had effects on the vital organs. After the animal was dissected, in the biochemical studies as well as when the histological studies, histopathological studies were carried out, it was found that there were toxic effects on them. So, hence, uh, even I I think that there are uh, certain uh, studies that are being carried out, even on heated honey and this uh, concept also. So if we search, uh, definitely we can find references. That is, evidence says this thing we can uh, show, that it is toxic.
2: Thank you, uh, Shripa So if, if you can forward us uh, the link uh, related to this particular study, I think this is really interesting and you have made a valid point here.
3: The point I want to add regarding the usage of uh, hot water and honey is that what we have understood is that why it came into practice is like uh, when we say about Ushnodaka, uh, when we say Kafahara, the... Hot water that is reduced to one-fourth is usually termed as uh, Kapahara. That, that is what we tell. And honey is also having the guna and the Kapahara action. So actually why it came to practice may be due to the reason that Ushnodaka which is reduced is Kapahara. And uh, honey is also Kapahara. So in combination, it uh, reduces the Kapha or the Medhas and it helps in weight loss. That may be the concept initially which was advised by YPR. But later, the people started making it as, it was warm water or co- cold water, that is, uh, which is heated and later cooled down. But it was taken literally that hot water should be used with honey and it became a, a misunderstanding and that's how it came into practice. That is how I have understood
2: that. Here I would like to add one more thing. here uh, in terms of honey is about direct heating the honey. Like, uh, Uh, Madhu and Ushna Samskara, so this is what we can call it as Samskara Viruddha, so like the heat is not going in sync with uh, the honey, so that is one thing, the extended uh, study can be taken to honey added to hot water, honey added to hot coffee, honey added to hot uh, uh, tea or any hot beverages and taken, so if if it is uh, uh, compatible or not compatible or does it do the same harm, just like the heated honey, honey in a bowl, directly heated on the fire and consumed. Uh, thus the other materials also have a similar bad effect. Uh, so I think this uh, extended part of study, So again, this is a courageous study for anybody to do. It will be atisa. So as Guru Rajasar also said, I also concur with uh, whatever he has said. Why to experiment on things uh, which... Uh, uh, we already know so has been indicated or contraindicated in the Shastra as uh, Shilpa also said that uh, some studies have shown the evidences of these things Samskaraviruddha is uh, actually according to the Shastra is limited to that particular point, a direct heating of honey so honey plus fire is a horrible combination I think uh, actually and the extended portions can be taken to with the query whether a similar effects, similar bad effects can be seen or can be evidenced by adding honey uh, to the hot water or any hot beverages But to give a comparison in amavata Damshavat that symptom is given the person experiences pain as if stung by a scorpion now the person who is having amavata how does he or she know that uh, the pain is similar to a cor- scorpion sting if they haven't experienced the scorpion sting previously isn't it so only those who have experienced the scorpion sting will be able to appreciate that particular pain that it is of the nature of the scorpion sting so here probably the simile is given so the pain is so unbearable that the person is wincing as if uh, stung by a scorpion so that was that is the extended part of what we can understand here also the extension of understanding apart from direct heating the honey can be taken to the honey mixed with some hot beverages and consumed do they have similar bad impact just like heating the honey directly on the fire so for this if at all the researches need to be conducted, the animal research, again, uh, the poor things, I think, uh, experiment on them have to be done. So human experiments, again, uh, may prove to be dangerous. Thank you.
0: Uh, two points here is that it is clearly like Virudha Ahara. So it is related to food and it's not like a medicine. So, so that is one point. I think two things are safe to assume that when it is taken as Ahara, like Dr. sir rightly pointed out, it is usually taken for a very long period of time. Uh, continuously is one thing and usually in a very high dose. So uh, two things are understood uh, and uh, there's a question that still it is not very clear whether it, uh, honey is ushna or shita or cold or hot. Uh, Guruji sir, uh, Kayadeva Nikantu says that honey should not be used by a person exposed to fire uh, during heavy summer extremely hot place and honey also being uh, anti kafa in nature uh, probably tends more towards Ushna, sir.
1: Very clearly, honey is ushna. You just keep this one in mind. That's simple. No need to have a confusion. Honey is ushna. That's the reason it is given in Kafa. Honey is ushna because of that it is also used in case of vata roga because vata is having Guna. Honey is ushna. That's the reason madudaka has been combination is usually gives result. There's a question here regarding
0: the punar uh, Punanava's use in uh, diabetes. I checked all the references from all the major Nigantus. Uh, no one has indicated this Punarnava or Borahevia diffusa in the uh, treatment of Meha or Prameha or diabetes. It's not mentioned. An extended question to uh, Guru Radha Sir is but Gokshura is mentioned as Prameha Hara. Probably the reference is from Bhava Prakasha in prameha and especially in the diabetes there is already polyuria problem so how far this gokshura use can be justified and probably
1: why Punarama is
0: not indicated
1: first of all we need to understand in two terms very clearly diabetes is not exactly equivalent to prameha what described in ayurveda ayurveda prameha and later mudumeha is somewhat having a different area and compared to the diabetes of the modern we need to understand that difference between these two. Second thing is one of the important drug which is anti-inflammatory in nature and diuretic in nature so it helps in shota that's why acharya charaka has mentioned it in one of the uh, the dashaimani that, that is there now, such type of drugs are there so this type of condition definitely is going to support the kidney tissues do its function in a normal way, probably by expelling the contents through the urine. So this may be acting as an uh, drug for anti-inflammatory purposes. And this drug may be used as a diuretic drug, which can be used in case of Shota. So when there is uh, really a Shota, if it is more like uh, in case of Pitaja or Vataja Prameha, then maybe as a supportive drug, this can be used, but I don't find it's a right kind of choice to use a Punarnava in case of Madumeha, because Punarnava has a special affinity towards the water to expel it out from the body in the through the form of urine. So when it is going to increase the quantity of urine. I don't think so it is a right kind of drug to use in a case of Prameha because Prameha patient is already having an excessive urination. Polyurea is one of the important symptoms. So that's the reason I don't think so it is the right kind of drug to be used in case of Prameha but it is not a taboo that it should not be used. It can be used if any associated the inflammatory signs and conditions are there where you can use it and it can support the kidneys by improving the functions of the kidney. Because, you know that in case of uh, chronic diabetic cases or mudumeha cases, then there will be some bad effect or ill effect on the kidneys. So, slowly kidney functions fails step by step. So, there may be it is supporting in that way. So, that way you can use it, but not as a drug to be, you know, for the purpose of uh, correcting the, uh, rectifying the modumeha, rectifying the um, pitajamehas. It only supports your drug. It can be used in that fashion uh, moving on to the
0: next question so this was regarding the cumin variants there is this shweta jiraka and there is krishna jiraka and there is this upakunchika or kunjika explained it becomes so confusing even in the nigundus also these terms are especially the krishna jiraka and kuntika are used somewhere interchangeably, in some extent. Can you please decipher this Guru sir, and explain the major benefits and differences between these three? Sri, first
1: of all, when we try to understand these Jeeraka varieties, commonly available is these three. Shweta Jeeraka, Krishna Jeeraka and Upakunchika or Kunchika or Kalonji, very popularly known. Other than this, there are still two in the market. That is what we are going to get a confusion. That's the Shahi Jeera. Syaar Jeera, it is also called as Shahi Jeeraka. The other one is Aranya Jiraka, Shaya Jiraka, and Aranya Jiraka. So there are five. So, first one is Shweta Jiraka. Very clearly, there is no doubt the one which we use in kitchen, and it is usually pinpointed and it is elongated, centrally bulged, but there is no curve usually, and it is from the plant Cuminum seminum There is no confusion at all. Very clear. The confusion starts at Krishna Jiraka. Whenever it comes to Krishna Jiraka, it is said that Keram Karvi is the ideal one we need to take. It is sometimes even said as Keram Karvi instead of that. Even Keram Roxburjianam is also said as an adult end. But it is better to take it as Keram Karvi only. That is a black variety of uh, Jiraka or it is also called the black caramel seeds. And remember both shweta Jiraka, Krishna Jiraka that is Cuminum-Siminum as well as Kerum carvi is from Ambelli Fere. Very clear in that, there is no problem, understanding. And even colors also we can make out very clearly. Little bit change in the color, little bit blankish in color. And of course they are curved and there will be not so bulged like Cuminum-Siminum. Then comes Upakunchika or Kalonji, a very popularly seen in the market. The black variety of uh, seeds, It uh, is somewhat triangular, pointed and rigid one. But there are other trends in the market, which is mixed with onion seeds. Kalonji is mixed with onion seeds. Uh, very clearly we can make out. The onion seeds are slightly circular and compressed somewhat, whereas kupakunchika is somewhat triangular with three ridges and one point. So this is kupakunchika It is also called as Kalonji and it is from the plant neigella sataiva. And this neigella sataiva is from renanukkulesi entirely different family it is not from the ambalifarai nigela satayva is from the renanukkulesi but popularly in all nigantus these three are collectively called as jiraka trithiyas this jiraka Tritiyas, shweta jiraka krishna jiraka and Upakunjika, that's called as jiraka trithiya but in the, all these three jirakas are not from the same family shweta jiraka and krishna jiraka is from the ambalifarai whereas upa kunchika is only renanake and three different plants are also very clearly we can invent along with that next we have that is one is called as a shahi jira in the market it also looks like something like krishna jiraka slightly brownish bulged I mean, um, somewhat carved something like that uh, but it is a plant is entirely different bunium persicum it's entirely different plant bunium persicum from that the shah jira is obtained and it is also from Ambali Fere, Shahid Jira is also from Ambali and the last one is Jiraga. I don't know for what reason, maybe for the looking similarity only Acharya might have kept the name name as Jiraka, but it is not from the same family. This Arne Jiraka is from Centratherum and Helminthicum, Centratherum and Helminthicum. It is from the Astraecy, Brungarajakulla, our compositor previously. So if you understand these five varieties of Jirakas. Shweta Jiraka, Krishna Jiraka, and Shahi Jira, these three are from the same family, Ambali Fere. Shweta Jiraka is a little bit comparatively lighter in color. Krishna Jiraka is more towards blacker black color. But only problem is, many times, this Shahi Jira and Krishna Jiraka are almost similar looking. That makes the problem. But rate-wise, Shahi Jira is comparatively costlier than the Krishna Jiraka. And RNA Jiraka, we can easily make out a little bit, but somewhat looks like Jiraka, but it's comparatively bigger in size, but it can be identified easily. So this is RNA
0: Jiraka, right sir? Yeah. So this is more straighter than? Yes. Yes. Two more questions in this regard, Uh, you know, Jiraka is very famous, you know, it, uh, it's benefits in like digestive disorders and Jiraka Jiristerm is uh, is also used in like in in, a postpartum care of the mother and uh, Krishna Jiraka. Keram Karvi, if my memory serves correctly, it's told as Garbashaya, Shodhana, etc. So, is there any difference between the Kalonji in terms of qualities and uses? So, where to use Kalonji and where to use these two
1: other varieties of uh, Jiraka, sir? Definitely, very clearly Acharya said, all these three, Jiraka, Tritia, all the three are Lagu, all the three are Ushna, all the three are Katu, all are Kafahara, Vata Hara provided comparatively Shweta Jiraka is milder on the body Krishna Jiraka is a little bit more katu, and Kalonji is still katu extra so comparatively these three things we need to understand and Kalonji many times in the long run if you use it will reduce your body bulk it helps in reduction of the Kapha in the body and it helps in removing the body bulk and there is a, a restriction to use Kalonji it should not be used more if it is taken in more quantity then there is a possible of side effects of irritation diarrhea or something like that so we need to be very careful in handling those things whereas uh, jeeraka of course very commonly used and comparatively more quantity also if it is taken nothing will happen but it improves the digestion process and it is more brahi and of course it is shodaka definitely that's the region postpartum time usually that jiraka is also given uh, for the purpose of cleansing the garbha kosha and of course it is one of the important gulmaharadravya so it moves the vata from the its sthanas wherever it is um, there is a vikruta vata vata has moved in a uravartha direction or in a opposite direction where it is in supposed to move in a direction which is just taken back or there is some vimarga gamana so in such conditions Jiraka is one of the best drug to improve the digestion process assimilation process because the best shoshaka grahi dravyas. along with this you just see that jeeraka gajayipali uh, and these things are very important uh, drugs in uh, a grahi of course the uh, shahi jeera many times used as a culinary substance used for the purpose of covering the dish rna jeeraka is very typically used for the intestinal worms. That's the reason the even botanical name also suggests it is Ant Helminthicum. It is again it's the helminth. And whereas this Upakunchika is also used in case of Karbasheshu also. Typically it is Rookshakara and it dries up the body. And regarding the Kalonji.
0: There is uh, suddenly a big hype in the market. probably created around 3-4 years before. This is kind of a trend in the modern diet supplement world. Uh, suddenly they catch hold of one thing and blow it up out of proportion. Moringa is kind of superfood and Moringa leaves, seeds, everything was uh, advertised. Kalonji is also from cancer to obesity. Yeah, I mean, it is useful, uh, but it is told as a miraculous and magical remedy. All those things are told and uh, kombucha drink. So uh, again, there is a big hype given to that kalonji extract has been uh, studied in the breast cancer cells it helps to inactivate breast cancer cells it's told then again potentially to be used in uh, other types of cancer like pancreatic cancer lung cancer etc i think it is safe to say that the kalonji or nigella sativa is useful uh, probably as a, as a
1: dietary ingredient or may not be the main medicine for cancer sir uh, first of all we need to understand certain things we, as a ayurvedic physicians or ayurvedians we are poor in marketing we need to accept that we are very very poor in marketing the same old things which are said in ayurveda but they are in sanskrit we are unable to translate them into a good type of english or uh, the, uh, the language the world accepts or knows we don't know same thing has been taken from the ayurveda and it has been put into a different uh, set of bowls and you know different uh, terminologies and the way it is presented it may be anything sometimes it suddenly the moringa comes in sometimes even karoji comes in the play and sometimes even cinchona um, bark will come and sometimes bumi amlaki will emerge as a super thing and so many things but they are very good in marketing so we are lacking in that we need to accept that there is no harm but second thing is all these drugs are very clearly said in their guna lakshanas and all those things we need to understand with the perspective of what intention acharyas have mentioned and where it is used and definitely if you start using them you will find the results what as acharyas have described Whether so this is a main drug for cancer it's very difficult we don't know the stage of the cancer in each and every even see is the same drug which is suitable for a particular type of cancer may not be yielding the result in the stage one may may be yielding the stage one may not be yielding the stage two or stage three or four even after chemotherapy many patient dies it doesn't mean that then chemotherapy doesn't work so it's very difficult to analyze on those lines kalonji is one of the best drug which can be used in certain conditions all those conditions with this time tested and as well as those fixed you need not to increase the dose or extend the dose or go beyond that then we may have something as an adverse events so that needs to be understood that's why I said, what are the textual references in the Granthas, Samhitas, Nigantus? They are telling that. Let us utilize them in the same context with the same tempo. Let us utilize them. Then we try to analyze whether it is suitable or not for this generation or this century, the people of this nature, or whether this is not good for that, or whether it is good for anybody. All those things can be understood. But of course, it is once again a lifetime studies. It requires a lot of human resources. Moving on to the next question, uh, let
0: me bring in uh, Dr. R- Raghuram sir to this. Uh, this was a continuation of the last class discussion. There are particular places in which people put on weight very easily. It is very commonly seen that U.S. diets are probably due to uh, uh, genetically altered ingredients that that are being used or probably this McDonald's habit of burger and other things, Burger King and whatnot so some people who are like thin and well maintained in india when they go to us they complain of a rapid gain of weight this i have seen in Quora and other uh, platforms saying that the same person who when visits europe and takes european sort of diet traditional ones uh, even the italian pizza and whatnot still he would be able to lose weight but soon after coming back to us uh, all the last weight sort of comes back so how do you decipher this
2: we need to study so again this uh, needs a lot of research uh, how our US food is different from Indian food see whether this uh, person who has asked the question belong to India different geographical condition and they have gone to US so the first part of life spent in India for example so they're used to the food habits and also the life activities and also the lifestyle herein, and once they go there so we will leave the pregnancy apart. So in this particular case, so when you go to US or any other country, as you were mentioning, uh, some in some countries people are able to maintain their weight. Some in some places they are uh, gaining the weight, and so much so much difference is coming. So Ayurveda has also emphasized the Bhumi Pariksha. So like uh, examination of the geographical uh, place and also the geographical condition. Bhumi is two. So that is the geographical area in and around us. And also the atura desha so that is the body the physical body of uh, the individual so both these things need to be explained and examined and we should see whether the geography is syncing with uh, the geography of the person or they are not syncing at all so here very important is uh, what are the conditions of living of the person so in india so probably we will take uh, the person was staying in india different lifestyle different foods uh, uh, totally when they go to us or some other geographical conditions things change and the body uh, how it recognizes those particular foods and also the lifestyle what is the impact of those things so we are a product of impact the human being is a product of impact so like many things happening in and around us what are they contributing towards us including our body weight, loss, gain, maintenance, all those things. And here we need to see how the physical compatibilities with everything happening in and around and the mental compatibilities happening in and around. So for example, we will take a person living in India uh, and working here may not be having a satisfactory job, traveling for around 30-35 kilometers, just like in Bangalore, and doing a lot of physical activities, not getting the sleep, sometimes day shift, sometimes night shift, food alterations are are taking place, a lot of things are happening, even the salary which is coming in is not uh, uh, good enough, so a dissatisfaction is always there, so probably some uh, psychic factor or the mental factor is also playing a role in this particular condition. Condition number two, the same person shifts to US or somewhere. So with a better job placement, the uh, there is a little bit of comfort, a better position, a better earning, a mental satisfaction, a lot of rest, less of travel, less of exercise, and more of munching, more of food. So has a lot of time to eat caloric food and a lot of other factors which are contributing to putting on the weight. Apart from these things, the prakriti of the particular person, if it is allowing the person to gain the weight. For example, a kaho prakruti person right at the birth uh, may be plumpy, so like uh, a healthy child we can call it as, over a period of time, so with growth the weight can come down and the person may typically look like Vata or Pitta or Vata Pitta or Pitta, or Pitta Vata type of person and when the conditions again are uh, subjective, so that is the growth phase. So once again when they come to the job and the sedentary uh, activities and a lot of food options. Uh, many food options so us as we are speaking the food options are totally different from what they're in india so probably uh, a lot of research need to be done there and the kapha Prakulti person example i was giving so again coming back to the third or the fourth decade the person can gain weight the person thinks that so the people in and around thinks that this fellow has gained a lot of weight but probably that is a weight gaining tendency which is carried deep inside the system right from the birth prakriti the person has weight gaining tendency and the gain of weight is not may not be due to the circumstances and the situations and the food and the activities in and around the weight gaining tendency supported by all the factors which can support the kapha and also the kapha elements in the body we know that kapha elements are so many like there is rasa, mamsa, medha, shukra so many things are supported by kapha, kapha vargadravya so when they're supported so obviously the bulk increases so the weight gaining tendency weight maintaining tendency or weight losing tendency i ask this to my patients whether do you have do you have a weight gaining tendency like uh, if you're not exercising a bit and if you don't control your food suddenly there is a gain in weight there are some people and there are some people they don't do anything they keep on eating uh, a lot of food a lot of options and still they don't gain weight as Dr. Heber was giving in the other example so a lot of circumstances and a lot of uh, situations a lot of factors come into the play I was telling what we are uh, the people so the human being is made out of the impact of many things uh, going in and around and uh, of course when we are speaking about the diet There is a lot of difference uh, between the Indian diet and also the US diet or somewhere else. So the pattern of the food, the content of the food, the impact of the similar food on the body tissues and the other conditions, the presence of mind, the saturation of mind, prasanna, atma, indriya, manaha, that particular context of uh, being healthy, all those situations and uh, what type of life is going on the physical activities and attitude and also uh, everything, almost everything contributing to our day-to-day life, whether they are favorable for a weight gain or favorable for a weight loss or favorable for uh, uh, maintenance, many factors play into this particular game. And uh, yes, thorough research needs to be done in the demarcation of the diet, dietic uh, uh, ingredients and their impact on many, uh, only if you are speaking about diet, on the system what type of impact uh, they have, what is the impact of uh, taking two chapatis and two burgers in a day on a similar person in two different conditions. Probably a lot of research need to be done. Definitely there is a difference in the foods, the food patterns and the way they behave. The behavior of the food once they go inside, the compatibility of the food with the body tissues and the non-compatibility, all these things, uh, I think, come into the game. So a lot of factors should be considered before uh, deciding these things. Thank you, Raghuram. So,
0: uh, regarding one point, it is true that in a stressful environment, some people gain weight, but most people under, under stress would lose weight. And when the stress is not there, they would not. And and also I found that this uh, from focusforhealth.org Uh, One reason why the US and European food supplies are so different, for example yellow dye is 5 and 6, red dye 40, blue dye 1 and caramel coloring, all FDA approved in the US as GRAS, generally regarded as safe, therefore widely used by the food, uh, used in the food, is linked to many disorders, neurological ADD, ADHD, brain cancer, etc. But in most of the European countries, especially France, UK, Norway, they are banned. So there is a US market, food market acts much on the lobby and I mean as much as much as I have uh, read. Uh, So there could be a lot of, you know, food processing problems also contributing more to the weight gain issue that is, I read somewhere that obesity rate, in the US is uh, more than two in five adults, roughly 42% of people in US are obese. Uh, Guru Rajasar, do you have any contributing
1: points, please? Definitely. We need to understand how we put on weight. First important factor is our nature, prakriti. That is carried away from our lineage. Hereditary factors supporting things. Because you may see that a family with a lot of nutritive food they are consuming at their home, one child is not getting up the proper weight they have always complaint they'll say that my out of three children two are very good and very normal but my last child is not at all putting weight such type of complaints will receive so it's very clear the first point number one is our prakriti are the the genetic factors what we are inherited from our parents that is supporting contributing and you can observe that typically the obesity while describing we, people make it as a two types of obesity the european and american model of obesity is apple shaped obesity whereas the south indian or the indian variety is considered as a pear shape of obesity we have a typical tendency of uh, deposition of adipose tissues and uh, accumulation and we have a typical tendency to develop this point number one that is from the prakriti we get it to things that is our ancestor From the our parents, we get some genetic information how we should be. That is one thing. That is a prerequisite. Second thing is agni. If you have a very good agni, then only whatever the nutritive diet you give, that can be digested and absorbed, assimilated. If agni is not proper, then whatever the thing you give, it is not possible. I have a patient from US. He is consuming everything, but he is unable to gain and cross 42 kgs doesn't make any sense he uses all sort of things and he is unable to put on the weight so Agni is more prominent Agni is very much required if a proper Agni is there then definitely all the digestive uses we can get it and then the absorption digestion and absorption will take place that's the one thing second thing and the third point is that is atmosphere where we live in that also influences the typically our body weight very clearly Acharya has also said. In Visanga kala definitely we gain our weight, but in Adana Kala, we lose our weight because of the heat outside. In uh, Rajasthan, which is comparatively hotter place, they consume a lot of ghee, but still the atmospheric condition is so that they don't become so much obese, it will be supportive to them. But such a quantity of ghee, if we use it here somewhere, definitely we will put on weight, we will definitely increase our uh, lipids inside the body. So that is the need uh, understand that. prakriti also I mean atmosphere also plays a very important role. A same person may gain weight in uh, Visarga Kala and may lose weight in Adana Kala. That is also one of the important thing, issue. Then comes, as you already, Dr. Raman also said and you also said, manastiti. If you are having a very calmness and very contented life, whatever you reach, everything will get settled, absorbed and you will put on weight. And if you have got a lot of stress, whatever you consume it will not be digested it will not be assimilated and once again they will be deprived and that's why we are not putting on the weight so these are the important areas we need to understand that how a diet can influence how a prakriti can influence how agni can influence how a manasthiti can influence so if all these together very one person having sufficient agni has um, got a very good prakurti from the parents no problem about the nutritious diet and it doesn't have any stress and definitely puts on the weight very easily whereas the other may not be having these type of things then may there's a tra- problem in putting on a weight so that's the reason then just simply because there is a food US food which is a nutritious eviction that doesn't make a person to become um, hefty or obese and moreover very importantly we need to understand mitabuk mitabuk shutabuk so Aruk, that is a very clear statement given by our Acharyas. We need to consume only those which are conducive to body in a particular quantity, in a meter. Then only when we are hungry, then we are otherwise simply going on, munching, watching the TV. Definitely we may put on weight because already prerequisite Agni and Prakriti is supporting. Definitely if you give nutrition that, that will be body taking it and using it and storing it. So that is the reason when these five points Agni, and atmosphere, prakurti, as well as your manasthiti, if all supports, definitely we can put on weight even in India. It doesn't mean that only you can have a um, food done. Of course, nowadays, it is a globalization everywhere. Every food can be available, seen or obtained in any part of the world. So there is no such hard and fast rule nowadays regarding the European diet or American diet or Indian diet. Anything can be available in any new corner of the world. Uh, thank you. Victoria, please go ahead.
4: Um, last time you were speaking about Sat Kala. And my question right. is, in some prapti of depression, very often it is Kapha predominant. And I want to understand what happens in Prasara stage. Because in Prasara, uh, we know that uh, Pitta and Kapha are lame. They don't move. So it means that Vata has to move to Pitta and Kapha. And now my, I want to understand how it becomes kapha predominant. Is it that vata moves together with ama and then blocks the srotas and then that causes the kapha to accumulate and with kapha aggravating factors, then it becomes kapha predominant. How is this mechanism, how it becomes from vata to kapha predominant?
2: Okay, J. so here I want to make uh, certain things clear. Uh, See, Kapha is not all about uh, causing the depression, so depression when you are speaking about there are also the Manasika, Doshas, uh, uh, especially the Tamas factor playing into the role here and when we are speaking about uh, the Kapha, yes, the Kapha predominant vitiation like in comparison to the Vata and Pitta, a predominant uh, vitiation or aggravation of Kapha beyond limits uh, will definitely like it has reached the Prasara. It can be a contributory dosha towards the formation of the depression, but definitely the manasika doshas also should come into the play. There is a lot of gameplay between the physical doshas and also the mental doshas, how they are uh, interrelated and how they are influencing each other when they are severely aggravated, as good as how they are influencing each other when they are in a state of particular balance. So here, I uh, I did not understand your question properly, but uh, you wanted to ask how Kapha is displaced in depression or whether Vata is taking place. Of course for Prasara to take place for any dosha maybe. Vata is the primary driving force for the displacement of any doshas from one place of the body to the other. Even the aggravated Kapha is carried to different channels, different srotas. Maybe an impact over the, uh, the mind channels, that is the Manovaha srotas, what we can call it as the wrong translation there. For the convenience of understanding vata is the primary driving force for these things definitely there is no doubt about that and the raja property the rajoguna which has been predominant in the vata and vata alone these are the driving forces for any pathology that is physical mental whatever it is there when we go through a particular sloka i think dr Hebbar would be sharing that why is tantra that uh, particular shloka. how Niyanta, Pranayata, Manasaha so Acharya has said that Vata is the primary force which controls the mind also so be it a balance or an imbalance whatever it is there the driving force will be the Vata and which dosha it is pushing and pulling is very important. Kapha, yes, it can be pushed to different uh, corners, different surfaces or channels, the blocks can take place, and they can have an uh, influence on the tamasika doshas and other the man- manasika doshas. There may be physical and mental imbalances to cause depression or any other uh, uh, psychological condition or the mental conditions.
4: So it means I that guess. in prasara uh, stage, it's correct to say that it, it's vata with ama which moves to pita and kapha and only in, let's say, stana srancha um, and then more ka predominance can
2: emerge ama is subjective withology so we need to see whether see ama may or may not be uh, included uh, so that is a different context so ama and kafa are ama or kafa what what you are trying to speak so that makes a difference here ama is subjective again so whether uh, the uh, kafa aggravation has taken place uh, uh, in which condition, how it has taken place, whether there was AMA associated or in disorders associated or caused by AMA, like in amavata where predominant AMA is there, their kapha aggravation takes place and that is mobilized along with the AMA, so there are a lot, so that is why we have conditions like samadosha, Dosha, Sama uh, Datus and also Sama Malas, AMA can be associated with Vata, it can be associated with Pitta, with Kapha, with the tissues, with the malas, like feces, urine, everywhere, AMA can be there, that is why uh, one of the synonyms for a disease is Amaya. Yeah. So that is the that condition which has been caused by ama. So and that is not a mandatory uh, condition that all diseases are caused by ama. Ama may be involved. Ama may be a triggering factor. Ama may, may be a positive factor. We need to see which condition we are speaking about.
4: Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. This was really clarifying. So I could just say then maybe like that in sara vata moves and Kapha, and then depending on...
2: Pras- prasara is a stage which is actually initiated by Vata, if mm-hmm. ma- Vata, Vata mo- motivates only then the aggravated or uh, the from the Prakopa stage the doses can be moved to the other places, if Vata is not pushing them or pulling them, nothing is going to happen, Prasara is a stage which is uh, compulsory and mandatorily caused by Vata, so Vata is the driving force
4: there, without Vata there is no mobilization in the body. Excellent. Thank you so much. That clarified a lot. Thank you so much Vajaji.
0: Two points there is that from Raghuram sir's explanation and whatnot. So AMA need not be present in all diseases. Oh, I mean it, it can present selectively in certain diseases only.
2: Uh, as you said about the AMA, we may get a patient where wherein the AMA has al- already been resolved. AMA has al- already been resolved due to the Agni or whatever the change of status, change of geography, change of many conditions. AMA has already been resolved or the primary treatment or the home remedies, whatever the person has taken, the AMA, the initial AMA has been resolved, so we may get in, uh, with the, get the patient in some other condition, so AMA might have been present, so to uh, diagnose whether the AMA was present, AMA was the positive factor, it is the worsening factor, it is a trigger or is it associated with the disease or the components of the disease, it is left out for the way there, these are the different stages of the disease to analyze. Yes
0: sir, I have a point well
1: taken there, uh, shall I add anything there, yes sir please see first of all we need to understand how that uh, in the way that the program says it very clearly there are the terminologies which is used as amaya that's fine but particularly when ama is of a very important character in sharirika rogas whereas it comes to manasika roga are the mental diseases where instead of this ama the more uh, involving factor will be rajas tamas and sattva those gunas will be playing more that is the point number one. Second thing what the abituraji was asking david in prasara it may be for anything in the body Vayu is the only vata is the only one which has a capacity to make the things to move so it may be pitta it may be any mala it may be kafar it may be ama it may be anything vata is the one which is having the capacity to move it in a condition if any ama has developed even that ama will also be moved to different doshiksanas sthanas or the prasaravastha and that will be initiated by the vata without the influence of vata nothing can move in the body that we need to understand this is the basic line if you understand this there will be no uh, confusion